there's a test. And how are we handling the test that we're dealing with today? With today? Uh, would you agree that all of us are blessed? How many would agree that because of God's grace, you have unmerited favor? Would you agree? The mistake that people make, though, is because God's grace places a blessing on them, they think their money will have the same blessing. That just because you have money, that the money you have has the blessing that you carry. God didn't go to the cross. Jesus didn't go to the cross and die on the cross uh, for money. He died on the cross for you. Your, your money is not blessed. You're, you're blessed. And there is a curse on money. There is this, there's nothing wrong with money. Um, I think uh, people tend to think money is the root of all evil. It's just, an, it's just an object. It's like saying your car is the root of all, maybe it is uh, a root of evil. Um, but but it's, like, it's like saying that some object like the chair you're sitting in is the root of evil. It is not. Money is, there's nothing wrong with money. It's just money. It's just there. It's not money. It's the spirit that rests on it called mammon. And the mammon is an incredibly powerful spirit that's trying to become your savior. And it wants to use not just mammon, but resources, possessions as a way to, to gain access to your heart. And it wants your heart. And there is really a test. Um, how many of you like tests? Anyone in here like tests? Okay, we don't like you very much. Uh, you know, after I graduated from North Central, maybe, maybe you had the same experience. It took years for me to recover from the uh, PSTD, from uh, taking tests. And like, how many had nightmares that you had to take a test and you went in and you didn't even know what the class was? And you're like, I've skipped out. Oh, no, it's, you know, I, I got to find out who I'm going to cheat off of, you know, and all those. No, you, you wouldn't do that at all. You know what tests do? Tests identify what you know, but this test identifies what you believe. This test will identify really what you believe about your money, about the access your money has to your heart, mammon has to your heart. This test really hits that directly head on. Turn to Malachi uh, chapter 3, verse 6. Turn to Malachi if you have your Bible. Some of you are so used to just looking up on the screen. Um, we really do want to encourage you to bring a Bible because here's why. And, and we're going through the Bible in a year. On Wednesdays, we talk about it for about an hour. You get to underline it. And so when you bring a Bible and you underline things in your Bible, you can go back to those things. Or when you're kind of wondering something, how many have had God, uh, like you're like, God, I need an answer to this. And you open the Bible and something was underlined in your Bible and it took you right to that and was the thing you needed here, right? Uh, we've gotten away from that. I think we've gotten away from opportunities in which God can speak to us as well. So I want to encourage you to do that. But Malachi chapter three, verse six says, for I am the Lord. Say that with me, for I am the Lord. Do you know who's saying this? It ain't a preacher. It ain't a preacher doing this. I think sometimes in our heart, we think this is some message a preacher concocted in order to get my money. Yeah, and we're working on a vacuum. So when you come in, we, you know, we'll just suck it. Yeah, that's really why we did. It wasn't a pastor who came up with the concept of tithing. God did. God came up with it, and he says this, for I am the Lord, 
I do not change. I am the same yesterday, today, and forever. Therefore, you are not consumed, O sons of Jacob. So this test we're taking, well, what is it testing? It, it's testing your heart. It's testing your heart. God doesn't change. There are people who say, well, that was under the law. Tithing was under the law. I'm not under the law. I'm under grace. God doesn't change. Go on and, and verse seven, it says this, yet from the days of your fathers, you've gone away from my ordinances, not law. It doesn't say law, ordinances, which means ordinary behavior and have not kept them. Return to me and I will return to you, says the Lord of hosts. But you said, in what way shall we return? Will a, and in God says, will a man rob God? Yet you have robbed me. You have robbed me. You've gone away from your, my ordinances. And this is the interesting thing. People will say, well, it was under the law. That's under the law. It really wasn't. It's a creational ordinance, a creational principle. This was far before the law. In fact, I'm going to show you in scripture where tithing was something that happened. It was an ordinary behavior that was not under the law. It was just as gravity is a creational principle, tithing was a creational principle. Uh, this is an interesting thing a lot of Christians don't even realize. You don't need to be a Christian to tithe in order to experience the blessing because it's a creational principle. It's an ordinary behavior. It's just, now, how many in here would rob God? Anyone in here rob God? Probably not, right? Remember those days when we used to pass out the offering plates? They did the bags so you can see in, you know, no temptation or whatever. But how many had those dishes, right? And it's like they wanted to tempt you as a kid, you know? You'd see all that money going there, and then it would pass you, and you just had to pass it by. And, and you would be lying, although none of you will admit to this. But when you went by, you're thinking, if I just took that 100 bucks, I'd get my Jordans. Right, right. Okay. No one's raising their hand. <laughs> like there was, it, there, there was a part of you are like, you know, it'd be just if I just reached in and took one of those, like that, that right, right. Nobody would do that. In fact, in the first church we were at, um, there was someone in the church, an usher that we had in the church that was going through the offering and taking out all the cash and throwing, like literally stealing right out of the offering plate. Wow, right? And yet, God says, no, nobody. I mean, if we pass around offering, we should have tested everyone in here. If we pass around, like you wouldn't think of reaching in and taking out of the offering plate. And yet, when you don't tithe, it's as if you're doing that. It's the same thing. Because what was in the plate was God. It didn't like go in the plate and then all of a sudden become God's. Like, like it entered it and it just fluttered down with a glow on the money. And now it is God's. Like the tithe was God before it was ever brought and put in the plate. Look what it says. Will a man rob God, yet you have robbed me? But you say, in what way have I robbed you? And this is what he says, in tithes and offerings. And look what it says. You are cursed with a curse, for you have robbed me, even though this whole nation. You're blessed because Christ has blessed you with unmerited favor. Praise the Lord. 
but your money isn't blessed. It's why you have money. Money is not who you are. It's not your identity. God has no obligation to bless your money unless you're obedient in it. And here's why. God will never bless selfishness and greed. It says, bring all the tithe into the storehouse, which is the place where you meet, that there may be food in my house and try me now in this. The, the, it says, test me in other translations in this. The only place in the Bible where it says, test me, says the Lord of hosts, if I will not open up your, the windows of heaven and pour out for you such a blessing that there will not be room enough for you to receive it, I will rebuke the devourer for your sake so that he will not destroy the fruit of your ground, nor shall the vine fail to bear fruit for you in the field, says the Lord of hosts. And all the nations will call Call you blessed, for you will be a delightful land, says the Lord of hosts. It is a creational principle, a principle of ordinary behavior. It was supposed, to, it was just expected that we would bring God. In fact, you know, this is interesting. And part of the reason we know that sacrifices and tithing, do you know the pagans even did it? You say, well, where did they get it from? They all stem from Noah. What did Noah do? He offered sacrifices and brought to the Lord a sacrifice of 10th. And the pagan, as things moved on, even the pagans picked on it because it was ordinary behavior. It's just, it just was. But there's an argument for not tithing, right? Because I'm under, say it with me. Come on, somebody talk out there. I'm under... Grace. So I can't have this curse in my... Uh, does it ever feel... Let me ask this question. Don't respond to this. Does it ever feel like you never have enough? Like there's never enough? Like Guy says, I put money in my pockets and when I go in to get it, it's gone like I have holes in my pockets. Like it's never enough. And, and there's always a testimony that a tither gives and a testimony a non-tither gives. The tither says... It, I'm blessed of the Lord when they tithe. You know what the tither's testimony, non-tither's testimony is? I, never, I don't have enough to give. And you never will. Because it isn't blessed. Your money is operating with a curse, with mammon on it. God is not cursing you. But the curse of greed and selfishness is trying to operate. Do you know the only reason I wouldn't be obedient to the tithe is because I'm afraid I won't have enough. I won't have enough. I'll run out. God will not be faithful to his word. He will not provide for me. He will not take care of me. I cannot tithe because I won't have enough. And I would say to you, God will do more with your 90 than you can do with your 100. God wants to redeem your finances. And the tithe, which means tenth, a tenth of your increase, it requires us to have faith. It requires you to have faith. When you tithe, what you're saying is, I'm bringing to you one, by me bringing the tithe, I'm saying, one, it all belongs to you. I'm bringing you the tithe because I believe as you provided the hundred to me, you'll meet every one of my needs, and I'm not going to let greed and selfishness rob from you. I'm not going to let it operate in my life. So Malachi, if you look at it, chapter one is, it's all about returning to God in faith. 
Nobody has any problem with that. Chapter 2 is all about returning to God and family. And we're like, yes, for sure. We don't say anything about Old Testament. Chapter 3 is returning to God and fight. Well, oh, my. And then he returns back to us. Isn't it funny? Because here, here's the interesting thing. More knowledge isn't going to set you free from greed and selfishness. Me giving you even a reasonable argument, and it's quite convincing, actually, when we go through the scripture, isn't going to set you free from tithing. Because it isn't knowledge that's preventing you from tithing. It's a spirit. Think about it for a moment. Even if tithing wasn't for today, do you really think if you gave a 10% to God, God would say, I, don't, I can't believe you did that. I can't believe you would be generous with me like that. I can't believe you would bring that. Like, you just messed up. I don't think God's sitting, I think God would be moved, even if it isn't for today, by the generosity. But something in us does not want to do that. So as we walk through this, it's going to take more than an argument to set a person free. It's going to take a move of the Holy Spirit to change a heart. You ready for that? So Father, right now, I pray that your Holy Spirit be free to move as you will in every heart in this room. Open our ears and our eyes so that our hearts might be healed and perceive the goodness of a Savior who loves us. Amen. Okay, tithing, it's a test. Tithing reveals the condition of my heart. Tithing really does reveal the condition of my heart. Um, why 10%? Why is 10th? I don't know, ask God. But everywhere in the Bible, when there is a test, we see 10%. It's 10. And, and it's the same, no matter what you have. 30. You say, well, when I make a lot more money, then I'll tithe. When I make more money, no, you won't. Because if you can't tithe $3, you will never tithe $300,000. People always say, well, if I make millions of dollars, then I will give it away. You know why you won't? Because you're making lots of money now and you're not giving it away. The, the reality is it's in the small things that we determine the ruts and the decisions that we make. And God sees the faithfulness in the small. He rewards those who are faithful in the small. You know, when we sold our home, our, our last home, we made a lot of money on that home. A lot of money. We bought it, when it in 2010 when the market was greatly repressed and then we sold it. We made a lot of money on our home. And the hardest check I had to write was that tithe check. But it was written the moment I got the money. You know why? Because I didn't want to entertain the voices of demons. How many have had those conversations, right? Yeah, I had to get that thing out of my, my income right away, even though I had tithed my whole life. The more money you have to give, the harder it is to do it. I, I, I used to say the harder it is to write that check, but most young people don't even know what that is anymore. <laughs> it's a piece of paper, and you put the, who you're writing it to and money, and you all know what I'm talking about, right? Ask somebody in their 50s. They'll be able to help you, 50 or older. So there's a, there's a test here I want to give to you. I'm going to ask you a question, and then you give me the answer. So I, I know some of you don't like tests, but this is an easy test. I'm going to give you, give you this, and you just answer. Okay, you ready to go? So you got to talk. 
How many plagues were there in Egypt? Ten. Ten. Uh, not a, there's not a lot of participation I'm feeling in the room. <laughs> we have the, you know, the class. There's some of the class, you know, special ones in here. And how many commandments are there? Ten. Ten. How many times did God test Israel in the wilderness? Ten. Ten. That's some of you are learning now. How many times were Jacob's wages changed? How many days was Daniel tested? How many virgins were tested in Matthew 25? How many days of testing are mentioned in Revelation? How many disciples are there? <laughs> some, I got some of you. Some of you got. <laughs> so this test is a two-way test. You ever think of that? That, this, that God is testing you to see what's in your heart so you can see what's in your heart. And we're testing God to see what is in his heart. When you tithe, he will open up the heavens and he will pour into your life what is in, in his heart towards you. And it will change. This, the, the, we, we make the mistake of thinking, oh, there's this talk about money. It's just money. I'd rather talk about spiritual things. I would argue it's one of the most spiritual things you can talk about is how you handle your money. Because when you test God and you see what's in his heart, it will change how you see God. Because some of you view God as someone that's just holding out on you, and he never is. It's the only place in the Bible that tells us to tithe in order to test God. You know, um, my heart, I, I tithe. I've, we taught our kids to tithe. In fact, um, there were four things I told my girls that when you meet your husband, your spouse, I'm gonna, there are four things that have to be true about them, or I am not going to bless your relationship. And people think, well, that's so controlling. Listen, the greatest gift I will ever give a single person in this world were the hand of my daughter. I don't care how you parent. Well, I do care how you parent. But you can parent however you want. You will give an account for it. This is how I was going to raise my girls. And one of those things is, are, are they tithers? Are they generous? And listen, Two of them attended our church so I could look at their giving records. <laughs> there were some perks I had as a pastor. <laughs> if they had not tithed, I would have done everything in my power to break up that relationship. Why? Because later in life, I don't want to have to be supporting them because she married a thief. Would you want your daughter marrying a thief? It's one thing if they marry a thief of a bank. It is a total higher level of thievery when they're robbing God. How are they ever going to have the blessing of God if they're robbing him? Walking in that. Well, you, we use terms of tithings under the law, so it's okay for me to rob God. I'm not under the law. I'm under grace. So are you saying that as a believer, you can now live any way you want and not suffer any consequences? Are you saying that it's, now, okay, because I'm under grace, to be lawless? Or do we recognize the fact that when you say I'm under grace, you're actually saying I do more? He said, when you were under the law and you killed someone, you were a murderer. But now that you're under grace, even thinking about killing them makes you a murderer. When you were under the law and you had an affair, you were an adulterer. But now, even thinking and lusting after a woman...
causes you to be an adulterer. What? Yeah, if you go under grace, the expectation, so it's 20% now. No, it's still 10%. It's the tie. Some of you are like, I'm going to stop. <laughs> this argument, and we're under grace and tithing was the law, so it doesn't apply to me, is crazy when you think about it. Does anyone still have a wallet? Does anyone still have a wallet? Carry a wallet. You carry a wallet. Thank you. Thank you very much. <laughs> So if I tell the lies about Pastor Anthony down here, and, and it comes out that I've lied about him, and I said the horrible things under him, you come up to me, I said, well, I'm under grace. I'm no longer under the law, so it's okay that I lied about him. Or if I go and take someone's wallet, thank you very much, appreciate it. And you say, you just stole my wallet. No, I'm under grace. I'm under grace. I'm no longer under the law or I kill someone, or I have an affair. Oh, I'm under grace. I'm, I'm not under the law. It's okay for me to be lawless. The cop pulls you over because you're speeding. Sir, I understand why you'd give someone else a ticket, but I'm under grace. <laughs> I'm not under the law. I'm not under the law. I'm under grace, which is a total disregard if you've been going through the Bible with us in a year. It is a total disregard of what the book of Leviticus and the law was all about. When God gave them the law, he was giving them kingdom laws for a nation on earth that he was creating. A nation without laws is a chaotic nation. You need laws. God didn't die on the cross to exempt us from laws. He died on the cross to give us the ability to live by them. Does that make sense? Because we weren't able to do it on our own. So he gave us the ability to live by them and we could live in the blessing. I better give back your wallet because I may actually walk out on it. <laughs> and I know you're sitting there thinking to yourself, I got to figure out how to follow him out of here. <laughs> Tithing... Tithing is biblical. It, it's, it's in the Bible, it's throughout the Bible. And listen, if you're not tithing, you are not a bad person and you're not going to hell. Because I, I always find people who say, Pastor, I was going to hell if I didn't tithe. I am saying right now that you're saved because you believe in your heart, you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, you're going to heaven. Tithing isn't going to send you to hell. You may experience hell on earth if you don't, but you're not going to hell because you don't tithe. God says this is a creational principle like sowing and reaping. How many, how many know that if I drop this Bible, you would bet your house on the fact that this Bible will fall to the floor? There is not a question in your mind that gravity works. That's exactly what tithing is. You'd bet your house. In fact, I've, I, I've said this because I care about you. I want you to experience blessing in your finances. So I've said this, and I'll say this to you. Um, it's kind of like a money-back guarantee. I've said this, and every time I preach on this, if you don't believe in tithing, you're saying, oh, I don't know, I'm just not sure. Listen, tithe, test God in it. If it doesn't work, we'll give you your money back. You say, you won't do that. We did. One time. 
we only had one person who ever took the challenge to tithe, came back, said God didn't bless me, said he'd given way more than he had given. We wrote him a check for what he said he gave, and he walked away. And you say, well, pastor, you should say that people might take advantage. I don't have to worry about it. They do. Because there's a guy that sits on a throne that can take care of his own business. He doesn't need me to, right? So we gave him a check. He walked away. Two weeks later, he came back into my office. It was on 57th and Nicollet when our building was there. And uh, he had the same check we had given him. He threw it on the desk and he says, so tithing does work, but I don't want to come to this church anymore. I'm not coming back here. Here's your check. I'm done. And walked out the door. He didn't want to believe it worked, but couldn't cash the check because God had told him if he did it, he was in big trouble. It works. It works. Biblical, this is, let's look at, so we're going to go to the Bible and we're going to look at this. For those who say tithing is under law, doesn't, don't believe it's creational principle, look at Genesis 14, 18 to 20. It says, then Melchizedek, king of Salem, who was not a priest of, of Aaron, was not in the, Abraham was before Moses, the, uh, brought out bread and wine. He was the priest of the God most high. And he blessed him and said, blessed be Abram, God most high, possessor of heaven and earth. Blessed be God most high, who has delivered your enemies into your hand. And he gave him a tithe of all. This is 500 years before the law. If, if that's not early enough for you, the story of Cain and Abel, you know, it's the story of one killing their brother. And my brothers keep, do you know what they were arguing about? Here's what they were arguing about. Their tithe. This is, Ab this is Adam and Eve's sons and their tithing. 2,500 years before the law. Then there's Jacob, Genesis 28, 22. And this stone, which I have set as a pillar, shall be God's house. And of all that you give me, I shall give a tenth to you. It's ordinary behavior. It's an ordinance. Ordinary behavior. 400 years before the law. Then you have the law in which Moses just enacts what was already ordinary behavior in the laws of the land. He said, this will be a law of the kingdom of God on earth. Here are the laws. He says, in all the tithe of the land, whether of the seed of the land or of the fruit of the tree is the Lord's. It is holy to the Lord's. What he's saying is everything is the Lord's. All of it is his. And it shall be when you come into the land which the Lord your God is giving you as an inheritance, you possess it and dwell in it, that you shall take some of the first of all the produce of the ground which you shall bring from your land that the Lord your God is giving you and put it in a basket and go to the place where the Lord your God chooses to make his name abide, referring to your storehouse. Then it goes on in verse 13. Then you shall say before the Lord your God, I have removed the holy tithe, God's tithe from my house, also have given them to the Levite, the stranger, the fatherless, the widow, according to all your commandments, offerings, when God tells you to do something, which you've commanded me, I have not transgressed your commandments, nor have I forgotten them. I have not eaten any of it when in mourning, nor have I removed any of it for any unclean use, nor given any of it for the dead. I have obeyed the voice of the Lord my God and have done according to all that you have commanded me. Look down from your holy habitation from heaven and bless your people. He's saying when you bring it, you remove the curse and there's a blessing on your finances. Now, let me ask you this. If Jesus told you to tithe, would you? 
Not if it was just knowledge, because it comes back to what I just said before. If there is a spirit operating in your life, it won't matter who told you this. It won't matter who told you this. You just won't. You just won't. I don't care who tells me. Look at what Jesus says, Matthew 23, 23. Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for you pay tithe the mint, anise, and cumin, and have neglected the weightier matters of the law, justice, mercy, and faith. Now, you say, well, he's talking about justice, mercy, and faith. Yes, yes, but look at this last sentence. These you ought to have done without leaving the others undone. Jesus is saying you should be tithing. Yes, I'm talking about justice, mercy, and faith, but you should be still tithing. You should do that while doing the other. God doesn't change. And God says, you're robbing me. Now the curse is on your finances because you're robbing me. Now you say, well, but this is saying like, so, but when I bring it in the church, it's not like God, like where do I bring it? He says, bring it to your storehouse. He said, but, but men are taking it. Yeah, Hebrews 7, 8 says, here mortal men receives the tithe, but he, there he receives them of whom it is witness that he lives. Essentially what God's saying, when they receive the tithe, it's as though God is receiving the tithe in the storehouse. Does that make sense? So when you put it in, even though man pulls it out, it's as though God in heaven is pulling it out. Uh, you know, I've heard this said before, I can't trust what they will do with the money if I give it to the church. Well, first of all, if you can't trust what they're going to do with the money, you should find a new church. First. Secondly, are you kidding me? Who made you God? Because unless your name is God, it isn't yours to determine where it goes. I, I mean that respectfully. Seriously, though. You think, like, I'm going to be, God doesn't need your help. He's the line of Judah. He can defend his own money. He just needs you to be obedient to bring it into the storehouse. He'll take care of whether it can be trusted or not there. He'll handle, you just need to be trustworthy and being obedient to bring it into the storehouse for which you go, where you're being fed. Because tithing truly is the blessing. You say, why do I bring it here? Because that's where, that's where I'm fed. That's where my family is fed spiritually. That's where we're built up and we're strengthened spiritually. Here, here's, tithing really is a blessing. It's a blessing. Second Chronicles 31, 4 says, moreover, he commanded the people who dwelt in Jerusalem to contribute support for the priests and the Levites that they might devote themselves to the law of the Lord. King Hezekiah is actually reading the scriptures and he realizes that they haven't been bringing a tithe in the house of God as he's reading Malachi, that they're supposed to bring it in the house of God. Now, can I ask you a blunt question? You say you do every week, Pastor. Who's stopping you now? Do you, do you feel blessed when you come to Bethel's Rock? Do you feel like you're getting spiritual food? Right? Do, not just in the preaching, but in, in the small groups and in, in Awana, your kids are being fed and cared for, yes? How many are glad that Pastor Anthony is doing a great, and Olivia are doing a great job with your kids and our youth leaders, right? Do you enjoy the time of worship when we come together and the prayer and all of the things that, that you're, okay, I don't know a single person that would go to a restaurant for lunch today 
and then get up and walk out without paying for the bill. Isn't it funny that one of the only contexts in our life where we feel like it should be free is the church? There isn't any other context in our life that we'd expect that it's just free but the church. There's no other context. I have literally witnessed people paying thousands of dollars to put their kids in AAU sports and then ask for scholarships to go to camp. Isn't that insane? Because we believe if it's spiritual, I shouldn't have to pay for it. Well, then how do you pay for the food and all the other things that are part of the lights, the instruments, the seat? How many like your seat? <laughs> What's interesting, 2 Chronicles 31, 5 through 10, Hezekiah shows up to the temple. And he walks around and he sees all the piles of stuff all over the place after he had made this edict that people were to bring the tithe into the storehouse. And, 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 and a time later, he comes back and sees these piles of stuff. And he's, Hezekiah is now feeling a little bad. He's like, whoa, what, what's going on? Like, there's a lot of stuff here. And he asks the priest, he goes, how are the people doing? Are they okay? Because there's a lot of stuff here. Are they doing okay? And look at what the priest tells him. Since the people began to bring the offerings into the house of the Lord, we've had enough to eat and have plenty left for the Lord has blessed his people and what is left is a great abundance. Because God promises that when you put him first and you tithe, he will abundantly bless you with everything he has. Do you believe? Can you get to that point of believing? Because when we do it God's way, it works. When we do God's word God's way, it works. So I need... Um, Three people, uh, Jacob, Anthony, and Jed. I should have had three J's, but that's okay. So yeah, come on, come on up here. Stay in the light here, right here. So um, I'm going on a journey, okay? I'm going to take a long journey. I'm going to be gone a while, and I love my wife. She's very important to me, and I want to make sure she's taken care of while I'm gone. And I'm going to be gone a ways, so I can't really make contact or even have Wi-Fi, you know. Um, I asked somebody one time, what is hell? And they said, no Wi-Fi. You know, we have, we're a messed up generation when someone says that. Anyway, and I'm going to go away, so I need your help, and you guys are willing to help me? Yes, 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 Jed. Thank you. What I'm going to do, because you're willing to help me, is I'm going to give you $10,000 every month, 10000 every month, 10000 every month. The only thing I ask of you is that you bring $1,000 to my wife uh, every month at the beginning of the month. You commit to that? Mm -hmm. yes. This is yep. just an illustration. Phew. <laughs> 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 I'm going to need a raise. <laughs> uh, anyway, okay, okay. So I go, I go away. That first month, Jed 
comes to Heather and he goes down and he says, at the first of the month, right on the first day, he brings $2,000 to her. He says, I just feel so blessed that I get to do this. Here's 2,000. That's, that's, I, I have more than enough. So here's two. I want to make sure. And uh, 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 Jacob says, uh, he comes first of the month. Here's 1,000. I committed to it. I'm going to be faithful and obedient. So he brings 1,000. Anthony shows up a few weeks late. And when he shows up, He's like really sweating bullets and he brings it. He's hoping that the money, like he, he wrote a check and it might bounce, right? So, but he's giving it to her like here it is, but it's about, uh, about seven or eight days late. Next month comes and, and Jed comes and he says, here's 2,000. I just keep getting, but here's $2,000 more. And then Jake comes and he, and he uh, gives her 1,000 right on time at the beginning. But, but Anthony? Mm. <laughs> He said, now it's like three weeks late and he brings her $500. The next month, Jake shows up and he says, you know what? I can't explain how blessed. Here's $2,500. Jake comes and he says, here's a thousand. First month, right on time. They're right on time. It's like, right. But Anthony, crickets. Doesn't even show up. Six or seven months go by, and then I come home. I come back, and there's my beautiful wife, and I hug her, and I'm, how you doing, honey? She's I'm fine. You have what you needed? Yeah. Yeah, I did, actually. Well, what, what do you mean? She goes, well, you know, uh, Jed, he, he, was, he was here. In fact, one day he came early. He brought me $2,500, and it really helped. I said, well, really, why? You should have been... And, uh, but what was Jake? Not, no, Jake was great. Jake did exactly what we had agreed to. He was there $1,000. Well, then what about Anthony? <laughs> well, I haven't really talked to Anthony in months. He didn't even come. Hmm. Hmm. Jed, thank you for being someone I could depend on. Thank you for being there for my wife and caring for her. Enter your rest. <laughs> Jake, thank you that you were obedient to what we had talked to and you followed that. Enter my rest. Anthony. <laughs> See, here's the problem. I love my bride. And I wanted her to be taken care of. And apparently somewhere along the line in the blessing I gave you, you lost sight of the fact that I only gave it to you to take care of my bride. Are you guys with me? His bride is his church. You can live. (laughs) 
I don't know if, we, if some of us in the room realize how personal this is to Christ. Like we think in our head, it's just money. It's not that big of a deal. It's nothing to do with my sin. It's, it has everything to do with relationship. Because where your treasure is, there your And if we're robbing from God, we're being a thief from the very one that has given us his life. It may not send you to hell, but it sure is a great test of where my heart is toward him. Just to be faithful and obedient. It's why water baptism is so important. Because people say, well, if I'm going to do water baptism, I need to know why I need to do it. Because he said so. And if your decision is, I need to know before I do, his word isn't enough, then your whole Christian life will be, you have to explain to me the why before I ever walk in faith and obedience. Then he isn't your king, he's your president. I want a king that's committed to take care of me, to fight my battles, win my battles, and to help me overcome. How about you? Amen. Will you bow your head for a moment? I know this isn't easy. I know I'm playing in a sandbox that isn't easy for some people. It's a struggle. When you're talking about money, it's a struggle. But if you can get to the point of realizing that that struggle in your heart and mind, although maybe came from a place when you were growing up or maybe something took place where someone told you that this wasn't God or it's just some art. If you can understand that maybe even it's a spirit trying to rob from you the blessing God has for you. If you will just test God as he asked you to, think what you'll discover, he's more than enough. He's more than enough. But where it begins, where it starts, is in this moment right here. It's the most important moment of this whole message, is an invitation. If you will open the door, the Bible says the Lord will come in. He will literally put to death the spirit that's trying to deceive you so that you can walk in the liberty of what God has for you. Ready? So I can't do this for you. This is where you leave the crowd and you step into the presence of the Holy Spirit. You say, Holy Spirit, here I am. This is you. So right now, have a conversation. Right now, we're going to give you a few minutes. Have a conversation with him and ask him to help you in this area.